What's your mom? A working mom. And what did she write? The working the mom. The working mom blueprint. blueprint. And what should they do? Go buy, buy it today. The Working Mom Blueprint is now available wherever books are sold. Go grab it for yourself, for a friend, for a sister, for a colleague, so we can help working moms, all moms, to thrive, not just survive on their motherhood journey. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Today, I am welcoming Camille Walker from My Mommy Style and the host of Call Me CEO podcast. Camille, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. So I want to dig into your story because I think that mompreneurs are so amazing. Um, Tell me about the Call Me CEO podcast and My Mommy Style and how it all started. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a really fun opportunity because I feel like podcasting is such a wonderful way to connect with incredible women online. And that was my motivation behind starting my blog back in 2012 and also in starting my podcast. It's really my passion comes down to it's always been about encouraging mothers to embrace the mom they are, both in their practice of motherhood, whatever that looks like, and also whether they decide to work inside, outside, or primarily as a mom in the home. Yeah. And, you know, I actually, I have found that too, in terms of the whole connecting with other moms online and in community, you know, at Modern Mommy Talk, I'm always laughing because I feel like my mom buddies that I've made on Instagram or in this space are the people that I actually send the like most, most commonly send texts to like, like, Hey, how you doing? How's it going? I saw that post about your kids. So it's funny how you become friends, of course, with these like-minded people who missionally are really aligned with you. Have you found that too? Yeah, I feel like there's so much noise online, especially when women are in, involved. And I think no matter what area you're talking about with women, too often we are pitted against each other. And I really wanted to create a space where we share love and compassion and ideas. And, and you know, the blog has a lot about recipes and activities to do with your kids and travel. And it took a lot of my formal education as a family consumer science teacher online into that space. And so it was really a fun way to explore online where I would have never thought going through college that it would have led to an online career, but that's where we are. And it's such a gift to meet like-minded women here. Okay. You got to break that down. What is a family? What'd you say? Family Family consumer. (laughs) Family consumer science education. 
a really easy way to relate to it is a, a home ec teacher, essentially. Okay. So I could teach 13 different courses, anywhere from family finance, adult roles, cooking, sewing, uh, interior design, uh, child development. Any of those courses are classes that I could teach in a high school setting. Got it. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes total sense because whenever you're a teacher in any way, shape, or form, it makes it so that you are able to teach on on a lot of different subjects. And then what made you interested really in the CEO realm? Because your podcast is very specific to people who want to be entrepreneurs or who want to be a mom and also have a business. What got you excited about that particularly? You know, it's funny because part of that relates to the idea of me becoming a teacher. I I really wanted to be at home with my kids and I have had educators on both sides of my family that have been women. I didn't see a lot of entrepreneurship as um people who chose to be a mother and also chose to start a business. And starting my online business kind of happened by accident. I didn't realize when I started it that it would turn into such a wonderful flourishing career where I could be at home and have a business. And so I really got passionate about um, supporting online businesses, whether it be a boutique or product or service or full-blown CEOs that are creating products, you know, just, and it was so fascinating to me because many women would come to me on my online profile and ask me to promote their product program or service. And I thought, well, this, I want to share your story. I want people to care and really dig into who you are and where this came from for you. But I don't know that my mommy style is, is the platform for that, but I love it so much. So I started to do more consulting and sharing of more stories of women building business. And I thought, man, I want to create a a podcast for this where I, I could really share their stories and celebrate, you know, the tug and pull and also share ideas and help with the hardship too. So it's a celebration of mothers building business, but it's also tactical and like giving people encouragement and knowing what to do and motivation. And that's how Call Me CEO was born. It's celebrating maybe not the typical, I don't, I don't feel like a lot of times we hear stories of mothers specifically building business and there are so many so many. And I think that aspect of sharing the story of balancing motherhood with family and business, it's, I just didn't hear a lot of that. So I thought, oh, I want, I want to create that. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I think there's a lot of podcasts that kind of act like, or businesses that kind of act like you aren't a mom at the same time that you're a business mm -hmm. person. It's mm -hmm. like, it takes out the mom piece of it or mm -hmm. that focus on the fact that you're a mom, but not that many that combine the two. I want to hear, because you said that your business flourished, and I know that there are probably mom listeners who are trying to start their own business and that wish that their business would flourish as well. Are there any specific things you feel like that happened or that you did or advice you would give to moms who are starting a business? And I know you have an entire podcast about this, but like three or four principles that you think these are the things that make it or break it for people. Yeah. It's an awesome question. Uh, number one, I would say is consistency over perfection. Just the mm -hmm. idea that showing up is winning. 
And some days that looks like you're answering some emails and other days it means you're making some major decisions and progress on your business. And some days it means something horrible happens, but it, you're showing up, you know, you just, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's what I always have to remind myself. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And with motherhood, I think my number two thing would be that, you know, we talk about having a perfect balance and we know a perfect balance doesn't exist. It's all about the Mm -hmm. give and take. And so I think it's really a big part of it is finding compassion for yourself and the process and really paying attention to capacity of where you are. So whether that could be that you are in your early stages of parenting and you're really just fighting for those extra hours of sleep, or maybe your kids are heading off to school and you have more flexibility with your time, really appreciate that stage and don't pressure yourself to act like you're in a different stage than you're in. You know, I think that a lot of times we, we think that we have to be all cylinders all the time. And that's just not the case because truly I think for a business to flourish and for you to really find success is to find a a piece within yourself that you're respecting that balance and those gut instincts of what you should be doing for your business and for your family. And third, I think it's really about guts, like having the courage to be scared and do it anyway and knowing you'll fail. Like I, so many times I've gone and I've done things where I've learned a lot, but it didn't turn out the way I had hoped it would in the beginning, but it, it led me to learning something new and finding a better path for me. So, and it's humbling. It's just, it's that humble pie and it's okay. It's okay to have that humble pie as you, as you climb to the top. Mm -hmm. No, that's such great advice. I think, as you know, right, I'm all about getting rid of this notion of perfect balance and deciding instead, okay, lean into what you need to lean into in this season and then lean out of other things that you have to make space for the things that matter most to you in that moment. And that sometimes the thing that matters most to you changes that sometimes you want to go all in hundred percent, like do your business hardcore. And other times you go, I want to be on vacation with my kids, like mm-hmm. splashing in the pool, you know, but you can't have both all the time. And I remember my husband, uh, three or four years ago and I was starting out doing the business and like just kind of like grinding day in and day out, which it does take some grinding when you start a business, but it was too much. You know, he could tell that I was getting burnt out and he goes, you realize, right, that your whole entire business is based off you. So if you like lose it, (laughs) if you lose yourself in the process of doing this business, then it's all for nothing. Like Mm -hmm. people are going to see through that, that like, you know, these are the things you talk about, but that you can't do it yourself, which no one can do it perfectly, but that like on the whole, you're actually like the antithesis of what you're talking about. And, um, and that made me pause and just say, yeah, absolutely. It's about consistency, but it doesn't have to be about perfection. It doesn't have to be about me being on 24 seven. And in fact, that will backfire if I try to approach it that way. A hundred percent. My husband has conversations with me like that all the time where he'll just be like, okay, who made this deadline? And why did you set this deadline for yourself? Like it's too much too fast. And I think that 
women who are inclined to start a business or or do something like that probably have that tendency too. Otherwise, you wouldn't be pushing for it, you know? Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. it's a good thing to have that quality, but it's also really nice to have someone in your back pocket who's saying, okay, but check in. How are you really? You know, take a minute, take a beat. Because 100%, I have those conversations with my husband and I, I think that's really good. If you can have someone in your life like that who can help you keep a perspective because sometimes it's easy to get lost in it. Yeah. Yeah. Does your husband help with the business at all or is it all you other than him being your, you know, like hype man? (laughs) He does. He is actually a CPA. So he does all my finances and handles my invoicing. And if I have contracts that come through, I I do all the negotiating and stuff like that, but he handles invoicing and taxes and the money side, which is really Nice. 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 Yeah. I think the other thing you're alluding to as well is just this idea of um, there's hardly anybody who's an overnight success, Mm -hmm. right? Like you see celebrities that maybe get found and all of a sudden, you know, they become someone. But most celebrities, like if you go into their backstory, they were working at it for years and years and years before they're discovered. And I think the same thing goes for business that, um, there's a lot that goes into it before anybody takes notice of you and before it, even before it starts to make you money sometimes. Yeah. So um, kind of having that long perspective, long view, as opposed to that short view of, um, you know, okay, it needs to like make money right now. Of course, you don't want to throw your life savings into your <laughs> business and go bankrupt. But um, I mean, gosh, I feel like it took me a good two and a half years yes. before I had something that was actually like somewhat lucrative, you know? I, in fact, that you say that I, I tell people typically two to three years is how yeah. long it takes before you really start to see that progress of, oh, okay, I'm turning a profit. This is working. This is a, I feel like I'm making stride now. It takes, yeah. it takes two to three years. That's yeah. I know <laughs> it can be hard pill to swallow, but depending on the industry you're in, I think there are some shortcuts to that. And I, I help some moms help with things like that, where I help them in building a virtual assistant business, which I think doesn't take as long. Um, yeah. But if you're other types of business, two to three years. Yeah. It is time to run, not walk, to your bookstore or have your fingers do whatever is the equivalent of running to the Amazon store, to online, to purchase our new book. It's called The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself. It is a labor of love. I'm so excited to deliver this book baby to you and to help you really feel like you are winning at parenting without losing yourself, mama. If you want to also check it out at the library. It's there. Borrow it from a friend. However, I just want you to get this solid information so you can start thriving, not just surviving in motherhood. Okay. Talk to me about that because, um, finding a virtual assistant that you can, you mean having someone become a virtual assistant, you're helping them Mm -hmm. become a virtual assistant. Yeah. So Talk to me about that because I feel like um, for business owners, 
A, sometimes it feels daunting to have their own businesses like that. And B, I think for business owners like me who might need virtual assistance, it can be difficult actually to find someone uh-huh. that you can trust and that's reputable and that, yep. you know, because you're giving your baby over to somebody else to take care of for you. So tell me from both perspectives, like if you wanted to be a virtual assistant, what's the best way to start out? And then if you wanted to hire a virtual assistant, what's the best way to start with that? Yeah. All great questions. I feel like if you're thinking maybe I should hire a virtual assistant, it's probably you should have six months ago, maybe yeah. even sooner. <laughs> like, because I have done so much better in my business when I started to outsource, when I mm-hmm. let go of things that I had been doing forever and ever, but I found someone who could do it even better than me. And I could focus on growing my business and not so much being in the business of like the minutia that doesn't really move the needle. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, um, I 100% know what you're saying. Yes. So that's the irony of it though. I see both sides of the coin all of the time where I'm talking to women that are like, I want to grow my business, but I don't want to let go. And what about that extra cost? And how do I compensate for that? It's, it's, there's fear there. There's money there. It's a, it's a commitment. Um, but I can tell you, once you do, it transforms your headspace. You mm-hmm. can go from, you know, those those tasks that you have to set aside time for to actually using that time to have a CEO mindset of where am I going next? So yes. it kind of, it flips it, right? So yeah. I talk to women all the time who are CEOs wanting to grow their business. And then on the flip side, I have women that say, I want to be able to work from home and be with my kids. How do I do that? And I'm like, hey, you need to be a VA because there are so many skills that are needed by so many business owners. And it's a really easy way to get into the gate. It doesn't take two to three years to turn an income and there's no overhead. And so that's where I thought, okay, I need to create a virtual assistant course to help women on both sides. And my plan is, my big plan is I'm launching my first group here at the end of June. And after that, I'm creating a membership course for CEOs to come in and my virtual assistant graduates to come in where I'm going to host like an ongoing um, business growth mindset group where there will be an educational piece monthly, but then also it'll connect my virtual assistants and my CEO buddies. So that's kind of like my big scheme plan because truly we all need each other. And I feel like that is really a solution that helps both sides of the coin. Totally. I mean, I think about just the amount of time that I've spent in Google searches and on LinkedIn and Instagram looking like virtual assistant, virtual assistant for hire, virtual assistant. Like you can find someone who is, you know, outsourced, like an international outsourced person Mm -hmm. who I don't even know if they're people, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like a bot to help you with stuff. And there's no problem with that. Like if you want to go on a really like cost-effective path. But the vast majority of people, like you said, the reason that they don't turn it over to somebody is because you've built this. It's your vision. You have this whole plan in your head of what you want it to look like. And I know, especially even for me, like all the content that I have to put out, it has to be by the book, American Academy of Pediatrics, 
evidence-based. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. put things out that are like wishy-washy on that. You know, there, there's like a standard that I need it to be held to and that I want it to mm-hmm. be held to because I want the product and the expertise that I put out to be at a certain standard. And the same goes, I think, for a lot of business women that they mm-hmm. feel like I invested either money or time or um, energy away from my kids. You know, uh, I took away sleep from myself to make this happen. And so I don't want to turn it over to just anybody. I want to feel like it's someone who will take it and be responsible and that I won't have to micromanage as they do the things that I should be doing. Because that is the worst to pay someone money and then you're like checking in, like, uh, did you do that? Did you finish that? Hello, when will I be getting this? So I think that sounds brilliant. I think it sounds awesome to do the training, but then also to have a way for them to make the connections uh, yeah. so that they don't have to spend all their time doing that. I think especially where you're in a situation where you have very specific guidelines with the, you know, what you were just saying with the American pediatrics and everything go into that space knowing you are looking for a profile of a person who is teachable mm-hmm. and someone who does what they say they will do. A lot of virtual assistants go into the business not knowing everything and they can't, but there can be some, you know, I I have one that works for me who's in her 60s and she has an expertise that fits perfectly with what she does for me. And it's a very specific piece where I wonder for you if you found like a retired nurse or a retired doctor or maybe someone, a a, a student, you know, who needs some extra yeah. work on the side but knows the lingo. I think it's really good to find someone that specifically fits your needs or who is highly teachable. And so, yeah, yeah. that takes some time, but it's so worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Have you found in your business too that it's worked better to have, because people always ask me this, do you feel like it works better in your business and in other people that you work with, that it works better first when they're trying to hire someone to have one person who can do a lot of things well, or to have multiple people who can do an individual piece of the pie really well? From my own personal experience, I have leaned more towards multiple people because it's, I would love to have an office admin that's with me all the time, but that's very unrealistic because as a busy mom, you know, it's hard to find someone that can commit that time to, however, I have found someone recently that I have been working with on a much more intimate basis, but Generally, I find someone who is very specific at doing what they do. So whether that's photography, Pinterest, SEO, um, recipe development, tech, web design. I mean, these are all people that I've hired. I have someone who helped me specifically create my journals when I created my prompt journals for parent and child journals because they were really good at Procreate or, you know, being on the design side where... I had someone else that helped me format and put it together for sales. So it was, I do more of the very niche person. I think that I have found a lot more success that way. Yeah, that's, I think that's really good advice. I, what I 
because people come to me now, of course, I'm sure this happens to you all the time. As soon as your business starts to grow, they go, whoa, what did you do to make Mm -hmm. that happen? So people are coming. So you're thinking a little bit more about your business and just, man, what did I do that made this successful? And when I think back, I think, okay, actually the first person that I hired was a marketing strategist to help me think about what big picture do I actually want for this? What's the end goal? What are going to be potentially the sales pillars in my business? What will be the thing that brings in revenue? And then what will be the thing that gives me exposure? Because those are two totally separate things, right? Mm -hmm. In my world, there are some things that happen just for like PR to have it be like the people know your name or that people are aware of you. So awareness, but then there's other things that are actually the like dollars and cents of your business. And so I felt like having a marketing strategist helped me to clearly define what are my differentiators and what are the offerings that I can provide people that no one else can provide. And then we worked together uh, for a shorter period of time, like for about a year. And then I, and I think you could do less if you had a smaller business that you were doing, but she stayed with me as we hired other people as well. And then I started hiring other people who could do, like you said, niche aspects of my business really, really well, and who I didn't have to spend as much time on the training, I trained them on exactly what I wanted it to look like for my business, but I didn't have to train them, for example, for a content writer on like, this is how you do grammar, right? Like they knew how to do that and better than I do. I'm horrible grammar. So, um, that also did, did another thing for me. It made it so that as people transitioned, because people do, sometimes they have another kid or they move or they want to do something else, then you're not stuck completely in a lurch. Like you're not caught right? Yes. Because <laughs> have you had that experience where you're like, uh-oh, I put all my eggs in this basket and now this person is moving on. What am I going to do now? I had a, uh, I had a recent experience this last year of someone who was a totally bad fit for me. And that was really hard. That was a lesson that I learned, an expensive lesson. So yeah, I think that it is kind of nice to Find if people are a good fit for you and work with them, you know, on a month by month basis. And then I think it's really about finding people that gel well with your personality and also that complement your skills, you know? So like you say, it's, it's, I think it is nice to divide it up. So you aren't left in a lurch. And I had an awesome intern this year who graduated college and I'd spent so much time investing in training her and then she moved on and I was like, no. So right. yeah, I mean, it's, you just learn so many lessons. And so you have hired virtual assistants. Those were just people yeah. in their own niche. It's people just don't necessarily call it that. And that's, yep. and so, yeah, that's what, that's what you did. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, I would encourage people because the thing is you just cannot do it all if you want to do it well. Mm-hmm. And delegating to your partner, to your kids, if they're old enough, not for your business, but just in your home, uh, in your business world, delegating to other people who can do it well. Even in my business in pediatrics, I think about how I have a medical assistant who for a long time, I feel like in my earlier years, I might have micromanaged like a little bit too much before Mm -hmm. I learned to be a better leader. And the moment that I was able to just release and say, here's kind of the standard that I expect it will be at. And I trust you. 
go for it. You know, make the decisions. I'll be, yeah, I'll be there for the big things. Of course, like there's a patient issue that I need to address. It's a medical issue. I will address that. But on like how to fill out a form, I, you got that sister, you know? So I, I feel like the more that we can let go as moms and moms who are in business, the less burnout we experience, the more bandwidth we have, like you said, for the bigger parts of your business that require creativity and that require kind of outside the box thinking or problem solving. Because I feel like when we're really down there in the weeds of our business every single minute of every single day, you just have no no room to kind of think outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. I love to think about Roy and Walt Disney. One person is the why person and one person is the how. And Walt mm-hmm. would have been in jail because <laughs> he <laughs> would have filed bankruptcy. And like he was kind of a hot mess like when it came yeah. to running the business. And I think you need to look at, am I? do I need help? Usually with an entrepreneur, you are the why person. You really right. have that vision. You have that um, you can see beyond the here and now. And so it can be really hard to be the why person and the how and the what and the who, which in the beginning you have to, because you're just Mm -hmm. starting out. But Mm -hmm. when you can really try to play to your strengths and bring in the people that can help you run the how and the what so that you can be more focused on the why. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, it's cool too. If you can get together with other people, even if you can't afford it in the beginning, but other people who are kind of like business buddies with you, Mm -hmm. even if you have to have another thought partner, that is the how person for you, you know, um, right. Yeah. To fit that role that costs you nothing you're maybe a little bit more of a why for them or a how for them because you're outside of yes. the bubble. Yes. You can help them to see that part more clearly. It's when you're in your own head, like, I want to be a speaker in Modern Mommy Talk. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know exactly how that's going to happen. You need someone else, um, even if it's a friend, even if it's someone who's kind of in the same boat as you in that entrepreneurial space to help you out. And then, like you're saying, 100%, we need um, virtual assistants and we need people within their niche to, to help us out. Tell us more, Camille, about where people can find you, about the services that you offer people. Tell us about um, how they can make their business better and how they can create more bandwidth for themselves. Yeah, thank you. So right now you can find everything under the hub of CamilleWalker.co. And that's where you can find my podcast, Call Me CEO. That's where you can find my courses for building a virtual assistant business. And that's where you can find my mommy style if you're looking for help with dinner and travel and kids and parenting and everything else in between. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time. Thank you. Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Dog podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Dog. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.